Our first reading for today is Isaiah chapter 62, verses 1 through 5. For Zion's sake, I won't keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake, I won't sit still, until her righteousness shines out like a light and her salvation blazes like a torch. Nations will see your righteousness, all kings your glory. You will be called by a new name, which the Lord's own mouth will determine. You will be a splendid garland in the Lord's hand, a royal turban in the palm of God's hand. You will no longer be called abandoned, and your land will no longer be called deserted. Instead, you will be called, My delight is in her, and your land married. Because the Lord delights in you, your land will be cared for once again. As a young man marries a young woman, so your sons will marry you. With the joy of a bridegroom because of his bride, so your God will rejoice because of you. Our psalm for today is Psalm 36, verses 5 through 10. But your loyal love, Lord, extends to the skies. Your faithfulness reaches the clouds. Your righteousness is like the strongest mountains. Your justice is like the deepest sea. Lord, you save both humans and animals. Your faithful love is priceless, God. Humanity finds refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the bounty of your house. You let them drink from your river of pure joy. Within you is the spring of life. In your, in your light we see light. Extend your faithful love to those who know you. Extend your righteousness to those whose heart is right. Our epistle lesson comes from 1 Corinthians 12, verses 1 through 11. Brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. You know that when you are Gentiles, you are often misled by false gods that can't even speak. So I want to make it clear to you that no one says Jesus is cursed when speaking by God's Spirit, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are different ministries in the same Lord, and there are different activities, but the same God who produces all of them in everyone. A demonstration of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. A word of wisdom is given by the Spirit to one person, a word of knowledge to another according to the same Spirit, faith to still another by the same Spirit, gifts of healing to another in the one Spirit, performance of miracles to another, prophecy to another, the ability to tell spirits apart to another, different kinds of tongues to another, and the interpretation of the tongues to another. All these things are produced by the one and same Spirit who gives what he wants to each person. The Gospel lesson for today is John 2, verses 1 through 11. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. When the wine ran out, Jesus' mother said to him, They don't have any wine. Jesus replied, Woman, what does that have to do with me? My time hasn't come yet. His mother told the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby were six stone water jars used for the Jewish cleansing ritual, each able to hold about 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, and they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some from them and take it to the head waiter, and they did. The head waiter tasted the water that had become wine. He didn't know where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. 
The head waiter called the groom and said, Everyone serves the good wine first. They bring out the second-rate wine only when the guests are drinking freely. You kept the good wine until now. This was the first miraculous sign that Jesus did in Cana of Galilee. He revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Grace and peace to you from our triune God. Amen. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are a variety of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. And to another, the discernment of spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Here, and as elsewhere in Paul's letters, we get a list of spiritual gifts Here, utterance of wisdom, utterance of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, miracle working, prophecy, discernment, speaking in tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. In all of these instances, the list is suggestive. It's by no means comprehensive or exhaustive. Paul is demonstrating that there are a variety and diversity of gifts given to us through the Holy Spirit. See, the Corinthians had encountered a problem, and it's really a problem among many problems. Maybe because of the religious culture and practice of their day, or maybe for some other reason, they determined among themselves that some spiritual gifts were more important than others, that some spiritual gifts were indicative of a deeper spiritual life. Like their religious neighbors, they elevated the gift of speaking in tongues above all others. And we can kind of understand why. It's the flashiest, most attention-grabbing thing that they could imagine. It would captivate, and in some circles of Christianity, it still captivates. But the Corinthians had forgotten something. These gifts of the Spirit are just that, gifts. We really don't own them. They aren't a natural part of our lives, though they may feel like they are at times. We are simply granted the ability to to use these gifts that God has so freely given us. They're not so that we can feel high and mighty. They're not so that others can look up to us. They're not so that we might benefit personally. The Corinthians had forgotten the basis on which our gifts are given. Christ is the basis on which we receive the gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians uh, 12, 1-3 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were enticed and led astray to idols that could not speak. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking by the Spirit of God ever says, Let Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, it's not very likely that there was anyone that said, let Jesus be cursed, who was also a part of the Christian community and who claimed to possess spiritual gifts. It's, it's simply a part of Paul's rhetoric, and his rhetoric is intentionally shocking. He reminds the Corinthians and us that we don't possess the gifts we've received from God. 
He's reminding us that the claim we make is bold, that Jesus Christ is Lord. And let us remember that if Christ is Lord over our lives, other things and other people are not. God isn't content with us giving him Sunday mornings and maybe a day or two extra each week. No, God wants all of our lives. Jesus Christ is Lord over all of our lives, or he's Lord, not Lord over any of them. Now talk about a bold claim, and it's a claim that we can make only through the Holy Spirit at work in us. So the grounding of the gifts is in our confession, Jesus is Lord. The same Jesus brought all kinds of unlikely people together to follow after him, to begin his church. Tax collectors, fishermen, warriors, and more. The grounding of our gifts is in this Jesus, the light of the world that drew the Magi from the east and the shepherds from their flocks in the fields. Jesus Christ, who showed us the way to live our lives in relationship with one another in order to glorify God and serve the people God so desperately wants to reach and bring into his flock is the basis and the grounding of the gifts that we have received. The grounding of the gifts of the Spirit drives us into community. Spiritual gifts don't make a whole lot of sense outside the context of a community, like the community here at Oak Chapel. Utterance of wisdom is fairly useless without anyone to listen. Utterance of knowledge, pretty much the same. Healing essentially requires there to be at least one other person, one to heal, the other to receive healing. And miracles don't make much sense in isolation either. And as we continue to go through the list, prophecy, discernment of spirits, tongues, and interpretation of tongues all require that there be people in community with one another. And so it's abundantly clear that we absolutely need to be in community with one another for our spiritual gifts to be comprehensible, for them to be not wasted. But it's not just that we need to be in a faith community for our spiritual gifts to be comprehensible. Our gospel lesson for this morning is the story about Jesus' first miracle in the gospel according to John, the wedding at Cana. The hosts of the wedding reception don't have enough wine in order to keep the celebration going as long as it needs to be. And so Jesus turns water into wine, blessing the host family. That blessing through the miracle wasn't intended for the host family alone, though. They were to bless their guests through Christ's gift to them. And so the purpose of the the gifts of the Spirit is for the good of the community. Our gifts are all connected to and directed in service of the same thing, the common good. And so this becomes a a missiological focus for us. If our gifts are truly of the Spirit, they have to serve the mission of the church. What gifts of the Spirit have been given to you? Maybe utterance of knowledge or wisdom? Maybe healing? Maybe you've been gifted with the spiritual gift of prophecy 
or maybe the discernment of spirits, or maybe it's something that Paul didn't lift up because we know that this list isn't comprehensive, that it's symbolic, it's to get us thinking. What gifts do you possess? Have you shared those gifts with your church family? What about the community in which our church resides? Our spiritual gifts are granted to us so that we might minister to the poor among us, the sick among us, the unaware among us, the lost among us, that we might be a blessing to others as we ourselves have been blessed. When we begin to treat our spiritual gifts as things given to us to be good stewards of rather than something we possess and own, then wild things begin to happen. Blessings are added to blessing, grace upon grace. We begin to see God move in our community and in our lives. We see the love of God shed abroad in our hearts and in the hearts of those in our lives. So how will you use the gifts of the Spirit that have been so graciously bestowed on you? In what ways can your gifts totally transform your corner of the world? How will you live your life in the Spirit? May the same Spirit that gave each of us valuable gifts for use in God's kingdom bless each of you and give you the courage and trust in God to step out boldly in service, in Christ's name. Amen.